Hi everyone, Francisco here. Just before we get started, I wanted to share something I'm really excited about. I recently launched the Story Powers Bootcamp, a course that teaches you everything you need to know about how to find, craft, and tell stories that work. But it's not just an online course, because you get personalized feedback from me for all the practical activities and three hours of live coaching to work through any challenges or focus on specific projects. So it's like if you bought a cookbook, but the chef came along with it. So go to storypowers.com and click on course. All the information you need will be there. So please check it out. And if you love the show and would like to support us, you can go to buymeacoffee.com forward slash storypowers. I drink about five coffees a day, so any support would be much appreciated. All right, on with the show. Welcome to the Story Powers Podcast, the show about the power of stories, the people who tell them, and why you should be doing it too. I'm your host, keynote speaker and storytelling coach, Francisco Mafus. My guest today is Jessa de la Morena. Jessa's cancer journey has transformed her and led her to create an empowerment and well-being movement. She's the creator of You Are the Hero, a community where people going through adversity can share their stories and discover their inner heroes. She's also a spokesperson and global director for Amadeus, where she helps 12,000 individuals become transformational leaders and work as one. If I'm honest, none of what she's done surprises me, because I spent my first year in Spain living in Madrid, where Jessa is from. And I can say, without a doubt, that if she can survive those infernal summers, year after year, there's no challenge she cannot overcome. Ladies and gentlemen, Jessa de la Morena. Jessa, welcome to the show. Thanks, Francesco. It's great to be here. So for anyone who has not come across you before, um, I just wanted to... What I don't want, didn't want to do is necessarily go over what you've talked about in, in most of the shows and most of the interviews, but obviously we need that context, otherwise none of the rest of the stuff makes any sense. So if I understand correctly, and it's good that you just dropped me that line before we started, you've now beaten cancer twice. Correct. Okay, fantastic. As I had listened to you on another show three months ago, that the second time hadn't happened yet. My very first question was, "How are you doing?" But it's, yeah. I'm really happy to to hear that. So, so, so you've done that, which is which is fantastic. But you know, people go through cancer in many different ways. I don't think many people say, "You know what? I'm going through the most difficult period of my life. I have no idea what's going on. I'm going to start a storytelling community." for people to share their stories and and, and find help and, and inspiration. Uh, but that is exactly what you did. So how how the idea for that came to be? Like cuz that, that's I've I've not seen anyone do that particular the type of have, have that particular approach before. Well, so so as you're saying I've beat cancer twice now. The second time just happened very recently, so I'm still in celebration mode. Um, but let's just say that the first time I went through this, the first thing I discovered was that the positivity that I was looking for didn't exist around me. So I would look online, find lots of negative info. Everything was negative stats. I didn't read anything. Like I, I as soon as I started seeing what, what there was, I just, I didn't want to know mortality rates. I didn't want to hear, you know, in the patient groups, people were always focused on all the horrible side effects they were going through. Um, and all the difficulty. And of course, you're going through that as well. But I wanted to be surrounded by positivity and by people that were, you know, taking like basically control of the things they can control, which is your well being. You no, know? so you can decide, you know, just because you're going through hell doesn't mean that you have to, you, you, you don't, you can't be happy in these moments, right? And, and if these are your last moments, which you don't know, you you want to make the most of them. So I I really searched and searched and didn't find that. So very slowly I created my community of people um you know who who did have those values and who helped uplift me um and in many cases they were people who didn't necessarily have similar situations like mine. So they weren't cancer patients or they they had gone through different adversities. So you know, I had a, a radical remission, and uh, after that first cancer, um, where I went through really heavy treatment, and I went through a lot of um, emotional and mental healing, and 
just really did a big transformation personally, but that was still kind of in the back of my mind. You know that I I would always try to help at the hospital, you know, when when there was new patients and just I wanted to to be that positive support for others. So when I had the sec when I when I had the cancer reappear and it metastasized into my lungs and I started this new journey which lasted 17 months, a lot longer than the first one. Um, in the midst of this, I kept thinking, you know, I, I need to do something. I need to make, I need to make a purpose out of what I'm living. So, you know, I kept thinking, you know, why, why is this happening? And, and I just thought, you know, it has to happen for a reason. And, and I needed to make it a reason. So I decided, you know what, I, I missed this, this community for myself. It's, it's something that can help me heal also now. So I'm doing it for me and for everyone else um, at the same time. So at the time, though, I wasn't feeling very well because I had first I had two surgeries. Um, then I went through another set of chemo, uh, six uh, cycles of really heavy chemo. And so I was, you know, I was not in a condition to be building anything. Right. Um, but during the COVID confinement, you know, we started having these, everyone did, I think, these Zoom calls with friends from all over the world. And so I I was speaking to a group of my very close friends. And I said, you know, I told them, this is something I've, I've really dreamed of is creating this community. And they said, well, we'll help you do it. And I said, well, you know, great, let's do it. So, you know, I, I kind of set the vision and said, okay, this is what I want. But then, you know, they were there to really support me make it happen because I was not feeling well a lot of the time. Right. So, um, you know, it was, it has been such a huge source of inspiration for me. Um, as you said, you know, it's, it's a community. The purpose of it is to inspire others to see that they have inner heroes inside themselves and inner strength that they can use and access for, for their own healing and to understand that, that, there's always, always a possibility and a chance and an opportunity and a gift in everything that happens to us. So yeah, that, that's why I decided, you know, this, I said this time around, I'm not, I'm not going to not do this. And I put out the, you know, the, my wish um, by talking about it. And then, you know, things started moving and you take little steps and little steps and, and then it turns into a big uh, tsunami of empowerment and well-being that, um, that I know is helping so many people because of the feedback I receive. Um, and I'm just so, so happy that it just brings me such purpose. And it, I think it has contributed to my, to my recent, um, you know, uh, remission from, from my second cancer, which, you know, being a metastasis is also very uh, uh, serious in the sense that, you know, the cancer I had was very aggressive. And so we still have to keep very, uh, you know, a tight uh, watch on it. And I continue with immunotherapy. Um, but, uh, you know, the last surgery I had, which was a heavy surgery, which removed half of my left lung, has removed everything. And in the last scans, you know, which I do every three months, everything remains clean. And I'm sure it's going to be the case for many, many, many years to come. So that's the long answer to your short question. But I think it gives a good understanding of why I did this at this time. It does, but there is still one one major question for me that is not answered, which is okay. I I fully understand the the, the reason you did it. I fully understand uh, what you thought you could get out of it and give to other people and that it's happening. What I don't necessarily uh, know yet is where the story comes in because you know th this is what i'm all about and this show is all about but this is not what a lot of people are all about so it would be the most natural thing in the world for you to create have created a community have the values of the community and everybody supporting each other the fact that you decided to do it in the form of stories is what is probably the reason why we're talking because if yes. all you had was if, if all you had to, because and i've said this before and i think i've pissed some people off when I said it was people approached me to, to be on the show and they talked about the great story they have personally and I said listen <laughs> strangely enough the story powers podcast is not a show about people's stories it's about telling stories and using stories for a purpose there's plenty of shows out there where people share their stories this we don't need another I don't think I need to run another one but you chose a very specific approach 
that is not one. Unfortunately, people don't communicate in stories as much as as I think we should. So where did that come from? I know you were a spoke, you are a spokesperson for Amadeus. And I know that you've delivered a whole bunch of like TED style talks um, for them as a volunteer. Is that where the the, the story idea or, or your your love for stories comes from? No. So that's a great question, and uh, where it comes from is that I discovered through you know serendipity, <laughs> as 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 and that's my key mantra. When I started using my story, so I I came from uh you know I was I was and still am an executive in in a tech company, right? And I started using my story, my very personal story, in tech presentations. So in conferences and in big, you know, big events. And I would start out because I feel I felt there was a strong connection between my story of disruption in my life and what it gave me the license to do. It gave me the license to make changes, to question things, to go back to my essence. And I found that there was a very strong link between that and between what um, in this moment at the time we were doing in tech. Right. So um, when I started using my story, I found that it just people just connected so much. Right. And it just it, it, it made them um, connect with my story. But at the same time, it really drove home the points that I was trying to make about the, the messages around the technology piece. Right. It also connected me to the people, which was is beautiful experience when you're when you're delivering a story like that. And it makes uh, for you, the storyteller, it just makes what you're talking about so much more meaningful because it's connected to your personal story. So I kind of started doing this because I wanted to do something different one day in, in a presentation. And so I did it. And then it just became my way of working, right? And I just found that it it just uh, opened up people so much more to, to my message. And it made people much more... Um, not only open to the message, but empathetic to what I, you know, I was going through. And then also it made them consider more what I was saying. And then what I then discovered was that actually in the group coaching that I was delivering in this transformational leadership program is that the more I shared my story, the more people were being um, really touched and they were seeing that, that, that my transformation was possible. And so it was literally sparking transformation in them. So it was like I'm suddenly seeing that that I'm I'm sharing um, basically I'm sharing my lessons to, with people, but until they hear my story and see my capability of transformation, it doesn't spark the possibility that they can also transform. So basically, that's that's the point of my website is that I want people that are starting to go through adversity to be exposed to the transformation of others, to be exposed to that uh, change of mindset where they realize and they find that inner hero and realize that they have that inner strength. Because the sooner that happens, the sooner people change from a victim mentality to a mentality of empowerment. And so that's why, you know, I, I, I took the approach I did on the website and in fact, you would have noticed on the website, I have a, a section on values where I talk about the values. And then there's a downloadable PDF where I kind of give a guide for people. It doesn't mean you have to follow it, but it, 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 it basically has some questions that help people maybe um, look at their story from this positive angle of, you know, what were the things that most helped me? What were those things that um, I found in my journey that that showed me where my inner hero was all along, right? And so um, that's why all the stories, anybody that goes to the website, they will find only stories that are that are written in that way because I very purposefully want that to be the main um, uh, essence of the website. All right, so there's 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 about a, there's about a million things I need to pick up on that. So let, let let's start with the beginning there, and and I think the the example you given is perfect because cancer is probably the second most cited example right after climbing Everest as the worst possible subject for a story 
Because people think that the fact you've done something impressive is m- makes for a good story, what it doesn't necessarily. And w- because I haven't climbed Everest, I have no interest in climbing Everest, I haven't had cancer, hopefully I won't have cancer. So it's difficult for me to relate to that. I've never had that type of disease or, or that type of challenge, health challenge. Now, but what you've done is what every good storyteller or someone... Before they become a good storyteller, they have to figure this out. It's it's the theme of the story. It's what the story is really about. So you're making it about disruption. So in your case, disruption is cancer. In in the company's case, disruption could be a new technology, could be a new competitor, could be COVID. And, and that's, I think, is a, an absolutely essential point that a lot of people don't get. Because if you just go up there and talk about the challenges you've gone through as a cancer survivor... I think it will speak to people that are going through health-related issues, particularly cancer, but they might not make the connection that their job challenges are something that have anything to do with your story. So the fact that you make that connection is fantastic, and and, and I think that's exactly how people should be using stories. And if it's you know something powerful like cancer, much for the better, but it doesn't necessarily need to be. And And sometimes those are the ones who who people find it slightly harder to relate to than if, you know, it's you having, we we're talking about children before we started. It, they are, that, that's almost instantly relatable. That's almost no way that people have children cannot relate to each other on small things you talk about, whereas I might struggle to relate to you with the cancer journey. Yeah, so. yeah, I that's true. Uh, I I also would compliment what you just said, saying that so many people have a family member or close friend that has gone through it cancer. So in that context, I feel like it is a topic that is very relatable. But at the same time, I also very much agree with your comment in the sense that it doesn't matter what the adversity is. And that's why the website is, it it, it includes all adversities, because an adversity that really touches you and, and moves your foundations, like something to do with your child or something to do with, you know, a parent who has Alzheimer's or you know, a loss of a job or COVID or whatever, anything that's going to really, you know, shift your foundations and make you reconsider, you know, your values and, and really make you stop in your tracks, you know, and, and any of those situations, whatever they are, are going to give you this license that you somehow didn't have before to question everything. And so it's, it's, it's a very, I think people going through adversity go through a lot of solitude and confusion because suddenly what they understood to be what they wanted, what their life was about, what they're doing, why they're doing it, suddenly it just all falls apart and breaks into shambles. And and that moment of confusion of of you know why is this happening? What am I doing? Whatever is is actually this bright, huge white canvas of possibilities where you get to actually think about what you what you want, who you are, what is really who are you really? And like, you know, it, it's it's this moment of stopping and and saying, you know what, we don't have to continue doing what we were doing as a company, as a person, as whatever. No, it's like it's you it allows you to stop and say, wait a minute. You know, is this aligned with what I want? No, it allows me to think outside of the box. It allows me to think about any possibility that I could possibly think of. Or, or, you know, put things on the table that I had never considered before and say, you know, is this aligned with, you know, how, it, how does this make me feel? Does this bring me joy? Does this, you know, d- does this go with my company's purpose? Any way you look at it, no, it just, it's just this huge white canvas of possibilities. And so you shift in the spectrum of fear and, and, and this, mo- you know, moment of complete just feeling destroyed to seeing that you there's a spectrum of all the way from excitement of pure excitement of all this that can be created to anxiety which is it's the same mood spectrum if you will no and so it just depends on how you look at it is the experience that you're going to have and and what you're going to make of it when you see all that tumble down and break and you know the rug is pulled out of out of un, up from under you and you and, and and then suddenly you're just like okay I'm lost I have nothing no, it's not. You have nothing. It's like you have been given the gift to choose whatever you want and to choose what most fits with you. And so that's where you start breaking down all these 
kind of beliefs and you know things that you've been brought up with about culture and things that expectations that you had or maybe that your company had that had to go in a certain way and no you know it's like you start questioning the question that kept going in my mind was who says no I, like i would have this thought of i have to do this and then yeah but who says and then i would i would think about it and say you know i i really don't know who says because now that i think of it that causes me anxiety or that doesn't make me feel good or that doesn't bring me joy so what would bring me joy okay and then i you know then i start putting it on my canvas and thinking bring me more of what brings me joy bring me more of what connects me to my essence no so it's it's a moment of just complete breakthrough of everything and it gives you this license that is just so empowering and just so freeing no it's it's just a freedom to choose one resistance that a lot of people have when we talk about about using stories particularly personal stories and very personal vulnerable stories like what you've done is there is as this nonsensical idea that this is somehow like unprofessional that you couldn't possibly talk about yourself at at work so did you get any type of pushback I mean, did you tell them, "Listen, I'm gonna, I'm gonna start talking about this stuff to everyone," or did you just decide one day, "Well, I have this training to do. I'm just gonna talk about it." But, but was there any type of pushback or or resistance from either your your bosses or from the people that were taking part in this? I, I know that it worked, but I wanted to know how before you actually did it and it worked because it always works if you do it well. But was there any any pushback? So let me tell you where the pushback came from. The pushback came from me. So, I I went to this really amazing a course in London after I went through my first disruption or well, my first cancer disruption because I've been through many other disruptions and it was all about storytelling. I came back from that course and then I was invited to do this really big, you know, present like this just massive opportunity for me career-wise to present at this leadership conference and the the theme was disruption right and i was chosen to speak about uh tech which i was the only woman speaker um in the event and um i was going to be speaking after two other speakers that were you know very high in the organization and you know just gurus and just amazing you know uh leaders of their subjects right and and i think you know i was given this opportunity I'm more from the business side so I use the tech but I I liaise very much with the tech guys in the context of giving them my business requirements right and then you know translating it back to what does the tech mean for the business right so I had been given this opportunity and I started thinking okay it's about disruption I want to do something different I'm going to do a TED style TED uh, talk style uh presentation And then I felt okay so what's my personal story about disruption and then suddenly it was like so obvious to me that this this is the the story right and then I thought but how can I possibly get up there in front of you know hundreds of people that are my um you know colleagues leaders in the company and and share this very personal experience because you know they're going to think I'm weak and they're going to think I'm you know I don't know I just had all these thoughts you know and 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 so I actually at the time spoke to my uh my boss and told her about how I was feeling and we were on a business trip and she said you know you, you know your vulnerability brings you so much strength you know and what you've been through and what you've learned and and you know and she said obviously it's your decision whether you you do that or not and it's true that it's not done normally here in our environment and uh in tech it's mostly a ma- male dominated environment so she said i can understand your you know you're also going out a bit on a limb in a sense that women you know were were generally um expected to fit into the, the this male environment right where where we don't show emotions and you know showing emotions leads to maybe people thinking that you're you know unbalanced or you're this emotional mess and you know what i mean so you're 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 taught in a corporate envi- in in this kind of corporate environment certain behaviors and you're trying to fit into this mostly male environment right and so that also influenced my thinking should i do this or should i not do this no and then i just thought 
I just meditated about it and thought, you know what? It's like, I, I think not only will this be such a huge opportunity for me to heal, but also for me to show that, you know, being vulnerable is not a bad thing. It's actually a very good thing, right? So I just decided that I was going to do it. And I was going to go out on a limb. And, you know, this is go goes back to then you think, well, how did you overcome that fear? How did you overcome your own limitation? And I overcame my own limitation because I wasn't scared anymore of anything. Because, like I said, I, I, I you know, had been, I had felt that I could have died. And I was in a moment where I had a freedom and license to change. And I just said, you know what? This is my own limiting belief. Indeed, a lot of people around me might be might not appreciate it, but I had a lot of uh, people telling me, you know, this would be really game changing. You no, know? so I decided to leave my fears aside and just do it, and just uh, and just do it. And so I was, you know, to be very honest, I was uh, reticent about it, and I I didn't know how I would be uh, received, but I was uh, very much. Um, uh, encouraged by, you know, some mentors and people in the company. And so I just thought, you know, the hell with it. Let me just, you know, I'm, I'm going to do it. And so I did it. And indeed, you don't know, uh, Francesco, the, the, the feedback I had from that session, like it, it was, um, very disruptive to the event because no one did a session like that. <laughs> oh, but but I but I know I know the feedback because this is this is the battle, and it doesn't matter that you know Brene Brown is a worldwide sensation. People still are very far in a, on average from getting it. You know that there's you you go up there and you share something personal, vulnerable, that makes you a real human being. And then the people in the audience can connect with that. Whereas what most people do is they go up there and they share a whole bunch of, of theory you know, or opinions or facts. And, and as well as they can be articulated, the human brain does not work that way. The human brain makes a story out of everything. So if you don't give me a, a, an example, and I tend to often say that stories are real-life examples that make a point. If you don't give me an example, I'm going to create one in my head. So when you do it on a, on a talk, when you do it in training, people don't have to look for the examples anymore. You've just given them a very easy relatable memorable example and then the you know this is something you said before the lessons i was trying to share were lending better or, or they were being more effective yes because you've already given them an example that makes sense to them whereas most people don't and every time uh, I, I heard this this is a few episodes back um one of my guests was sharing how he told someone from google was also a woman to just before she introduced this idea she had to just talk about how she was working late and she was having a glass of wine and and then the idea sort of came to her she jotted it down on a napkin and then you know it was a super basic story you know completely different than the type of stuff you shared but just by having that human element in there people remembered it way better than if you had just dropped that part and it's crazy. It's crazy that it works so well. But it's like, okay, I can see myself working late, having a glass of wine, and then an idea comes to me, I write it down. Now, all of a sudden, my mind is way more primed to listen to whatever else you're going to tell me. So, yeah, I, I'm not surprised, but I'm surprised that people still get surprised how how it works. If you share a vulnerable story, it works. Yeah, and just to complement what you said, I think the other missing, the the link that also just adds the kind of, cherry on the cake is, is when you, you, you share the story, but then you link it back. So you, like for, in my, in my case, I, I had, I had this just clear idea of how it was so closely linked and all the parallels, you know? So throughout the whole presentation, I was always referring back to, so, you know, I'm in the travel space, so it was about my journey. And so, you know, we're going through a journey and I, and I, I linked through language throughout the whole story my the words i used in my story about going back to my essence and you know this license to 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 be free and to to think differently and all this i linked it very directly to the to the other story and i think that even makes it even more powerful because it just drives the point home so much and doesn't let you it it, it just you know it, there's no doubt about about those those points no and and just to to say one thing that i have to say that 
I hadn't thought about recently, but you talking about this with you made me remember is, you know, I had that huge audience in front of me and, um, and I was looking at faces of people I've, you know, I've been in this company for almost 18 years. And so I've grown, grown up here, if you will. Um, so I was looking out at the faces of a lot of mentors and, you know, people that I admired greatly professionally and people I've worked with for years. And I was, I could, you know, they say you see this big audience and you can't see faces, but you can see faces and the faces are looking at you. And I was seeing tears in people's faces, you know, and it was, it was, it was, it was very hard for me. I mean, at the time I'm, you know, I'm going through this, telling this story and I was really just trying to stay, you know, like just centered and think, you know, what I'm trying to say here, but, you know, just seeing those faces was so, it's still ingrained in my mind. No. And, and I mean, I was able to kind of, you know, get through and just like connect with different people as I was speaking. And it was a beautiful experience as well. But then afterwards, I mean, the, the amount of messages and WhatsApp messages and emails and messages from people I didn't know that, you know, leaders in the company that I'd never spoken to before, sending me messages through LinkedIn and through, you know, I mean, it was incredible. Uh, it was, it was just so wonderful. So as you say, I mean, it's, it's something that is, is a key thing in storytelling. After that, I started using it all the time. Now, not only in presentations and in big conferences, but I started using it as well in small, small presentations, like with my team. You know, I, have a, I had a big team worldwide. I would try to start things, you know, a, a presentation that would normally have been very dull, you know, with something like that or just with something that connects us personally. And so it just has become a kind of a habit, you know, and, and, and I'm trying to do this just in all instances, not just in a big presentation. Yeah, it's it's one of the most basic techniques that I that I, I give to people when I say, you know, you want to start using stories in your in your life, professional or personal, there's a very simple hack. Instead of doing what most people do, which is you you give an explanation, and then often the, the person you're explaining to says, I'm, I'm not sure I get it. Can, can you give me an example? Just invert the order. Give an example first. Give a real-life example first. And often you won't even need to give the explanation because you've already made your point. So if you just look, for, okay, so what is what happened to me or in the company, or with a client, or in my industry, that speaks to the same problem, that, that shows the same type of solution, that talks about the, the theme I'm going to talk about. So open with that, and then you talk about whatever else you're going to talk about. So so that's that's fine. Um, okay, so so something else I wanted to, to talk about, and you alluded to this, but I wanted to, to ask you more specifically. So one of the things that I was a bit... Concerned is the is the word, but uh, I was re reluctant to start reading some of the stories in in your website because because often when you when you're looking through this type of stuff, they're just sub stories, right? So it's a whole bunch of people sort of venting and talking about all the things that they're suffering with, and and I think there is a value to that, but it's not necessarily the easiest thing in the world to be reading. And as far as stories go. I think it's arguable if the value to if there is value to other people than the person writing because the person writing is is dumping a whole lot of negative stuff and that is important for their healing process but if you're still right in the middle of it and if you haven't learned anything from it and you haven't changed anything or cha being changed in any way then I'm not sure how much good that does to an audience of those stories. But I was very pleasantly surprised that as I started looking through how people actually submit a story, you had a whole bunch of stuff, as you mentioned, about this is what your story should look like. And then like three of the points that you had there, uh, I think is a downloadable PDF, is, is uh, you know, you want to catch people's attention. And, and I thought this was, I'm sure this this you didn't come to by yourself, I'm guessing, which is start with a description, a dialogue or something that will provide context and then catches our attention from the beginning. Then the story needs to have some sort of changing point and it needs to have lessons learned. So is, is that stuff you learned from this course you did uh, in London or did you pick this up from somewhere else? You know, probably, um, yeah, I guess it. I when I wrote that out, I didn't copy it from anywhere. Like it just came out. Uh, I was thinking, okay, like 
I, what I don't want is because I received stories. I have received stories that have been all kinds of stories. And I have gone back and answered personally uh, and kind of coached the people who've written with those questions in that document. So, and so in that context, then I thought, okay, well, what would the perfect story look like? Probably, I mean, I've probably picked that up from many places, no, and the training I did and lots of different things. Um, but the, the way I have that in that document is I say, yes, like 20% is, is, is what happened to you and give that context and catch our attention. Then the like 60% is what were the things that most helped you and how did they help you so that others can try doing the same thing. And then the last bit is giving some, some lessons learned and just this encouragement and positivity and good feeling for people to walk away with. So that's how I structured it um, in that document, because I found that I was receiving stories that were not, they were just, as you say, you know, very much detailed into the part of the difficulties. And I'm not saying at all that those are not important parts of the story. But, you know, when people are going through this kind of disruption of any kind, that's not what you want to have. So, so I, you know, I did go back and quite a lot and coach people to rewrite and they rewrote it. And, and I think that process was healing for them too, because it made them think about all those positive things that they got out of it. Right. But then that's why I wrote that downloadable document because I, I was finding that people, some people were having difficulty starting to write. So they need a bit of structure. And then others were having difficulty, you know, focusing on the positive pieces, which is the whole point of the website. I'm not going to publish a story that is 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 going to bring you down. The point is, and that's one of the values, is uplifting, right? Yes, I think that you have struck upon something that is super important: is a story is not a story is not a journalistic uh, record of what happened. That that's very different than what a story should be. Uh, the story, the way most people that work with story understand it is it needs to have a point. It's a learning tool. You're sharing something. That, that's how they evolved this. We were sharing stories so other people could learn from our experience without having to go through it themselves. And usually those, those stories will involve, you know, they will involve a change. They will involve avoiding danger. They will involve you improving yourself in some way. Because otherwise, you're just you're telling us what happened, but the story is not about what happened. The story is about how you were different at the end of it. And different could just be learning. You learn something. If you don't learn, and I have said this before, and it sounds callous, but if you've gone through cancer and you're the exact same person at the end of it, you know, after having recovered, you're the same person as you were before, there was no story there, I don't think. Maybe there is a story from how you recovered, if, if the things you did to recover were uncommon. But if someone says, I, I, I got cancer, I went to the doctor, they gave me treatment, I treated myself, it was really hard, I'm back, I think I'm just the exact same person as I was before, I'm not convinced that that's a story worth sharing. Not, nothing really to learn from it, apart from maybe, you know, like in your case, you got flagged in a a yearly checkup, which is maybe something that people don't do before. Um, so maybe that is worth sharing, but nothing else of the journey would be worth sharing. Um, so that's that. That's a. It's great that you struck upon that. And the other thing I want to tell you off for is you keep doing the inverted commas uh, symbol when you say you coach people. You coach people. Stop using the the symbol as if you haven't. You have coached people because. I don't believe that everything happens for a reason, but I 100% believe that we can understand things as if they happen for a reason. And what you're doing is you help them reframe the narrative. You are coaching them, and I think that is a very important type of coaching. And I am a coach. I'm a certified coach, and I do group coaching in my, you know, in my work. What I guess the reason why I was using the quotation marks in the air in this context is that, you know, Usually a coachee comes asking to be coached. <laughs> so I, I don't want, I don't, when, when I write back to the person, I do it in the spirit of wanting to, you know, to help them uh, write the story in a way that the website, you know, admits the story and also to help them have another perspective. But I say it coaching in a light way because it's not like 
they're not necessarily asking me for that suggestion. So what I always write back and I say, may I make a suggestion? You know, the, the story, it's beautiful, amazing story. And, you know, I just so admire your generosity in sharing it with me. Would you mind if I made some suggestions that would make it fit the values of the website? And so that's what I meant by that. Because a basic thing of a coach is that, you know, the person has to be asking to be coached. Otherwise, I feel like uh, there's a kind of some sort of intrusion, if you will. But I've always done so asking kind of, you know, asking for permission to do that. You know? and, and if the person is open for it and saying, listen, I see all these things that could be help bring more impact, you know, would you mind me sharing that with you? Yes, there's a line I heard not that long ago, which is don't coach without permission. Yeah. But it is an interesting aspect because I've because one of the things I do with with my clients or students is is help them figure out their origin story. You know, I'm not a psych psychiatrist or a psychologist or anything like that. I'm definitely not qualified to be any of those things. But I am I'm a storyteller, and when people start telling me these things, we have a very specific objective. We know what. In a sense, we know what their superpower is. We're trying to figure out where that started, what's the pain and the purpose that led them to, to the mission they're on now. But as you start trying to connect the dots, you start looking for the narrative theme. You know, what, what's the connection between this thing you do now and, and what happened in, in before? And sometimes that's in your childhood. And sometimes I'm like, not trying to psychoanalyze anybody, but I'm like, could it be that the reason this is so important now is because of this thing you mentioned your parents did all the time? And sometimes people go, oh, I think it is. I had never thought of it that way. <laughs> All of a sudden, you open a massive can of worms, which can be very helpful at times because all of a sudden people have made sense of their lives in a way that I'm not saying is the, 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 the perfect explanation, but I'm also not sure if there is a perfect explanation. This is one. And if this one is positive, then run with it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I mean, when you're in conversation or dialogue with somebody and you notice something, no, it's, it's, and then that's, I mean, I think the way you just described it, no, of saying, could it be, or, you know, I've just noticed something, you know, like, like just from what you're saying. So I, you know, you're, you're just bringing a different perspective and that's what coaches do too, right? We're a mirror for the person and it allows that. That's why even coaches, we need coaches. So I have my own coach who, who, who also does the same thing to me. And, you know, when he comes back and he says something and it's just like, that was right in front of my, in my face and I, I wasn't noticing it. And the reason you're not noticing it is because of your beliefs, your frame, you know, you, you everything you see is filtered by your notion, your, you know, all the things that you've been conditioned by. So that's why it's just so, um, I think coaching is an amazing tool. Um, and I always recommend it, you know, very much to people. Um, especially, you know, in that context, because it coaches really bring that, you know, other perspective many times and allow you to see things that, you know, in their questions back to you, they allow you to see things that you weren't seeing before. And that's the most powerful part, right? And, and once you've seen it, you can't unsee it. And then, then that's what makes change. It changes your mindset, right? Yes. And one thing, one thing that explains the problem is this idea of you can't read the label from inside the bottle. It's very difficult for us to see ourselves without that filter. But at the same time, I think it's a great exercise once you get more into, into stories because you're forcing yourself to find those connections. You're forcing yourself to, yourself to make sense of things. And sometimes it just jogs something free in your memory and you make that connection yourself. I mean, this happened to me this wasn't maybe, I don't know, four or five months ago, I was I was writing my own origin story, which is one of the hardest things I'd ever done. And I part of it was how I was doing a job that I didn't care for, that was making me stressed, that was making my life miserable in many ways. And a lot of it was always a concern of not having enough money. And and I was trying to figure out like why, where does this come from? Like why, why am I so worried? Because I've never had any real difficulty in my life in that sense. But then I remembered. I remember that although I didn't have difficulty and never went hungry or anything like that, but my mom through great financial sacrifice put me and my brother into a fancy private school and we didn't have as much money as the rest of the people in that school. So there's a lot of stuff they could do that we couldn't. Like we couldn't buy the same clothes, we couldn't go on the same trips. I didn't invite people back to my house because I was embarrassed. 
and and there were minor things like my mom had this crappy alcohol engine car in the 80s and the car wouldn't start most mornings because you had to warm it up and i remember many times the car breaking down when we went on a trip and i knew that the reason she had that crappy car was because she couldn't afford a better car so i'm not sure if this is 100 percent the explanation but it would make sense to me that the fact that all of these things i couldn't do because of money had an impact on me and the idea that I won't be able to do the things I want to do in my life because of money means I'm more concerned about it than perhaps I have a, any reason to be. Absolutely. Uh, and and, it, and it's an interesting process because you start trying to make these connections and you go, ah, I hadn't, I, I never really thought of it that way. And, and, and yeah, but, but, but my, my curiosity is as well, when you've, coached people or you help them craft their stories right you gave them suggestions they accepted the suggestions the stories ended up being stories you were happy to share because they fit the values of our website so they were more positive there were lessons learned what feedback were you getting from the people who wrote the stories after the story was done so i've had mixed feedback i would say 90 percent of the feedback has been very positive in the sense like oh wow you know i i I hadn't thought of that that way, or you know, that those suggest those questions were really helpful for me to write further. And then they would they would I would send the questions, and then they would come back with a new rewrite of the story, you know. And it was like, wow, like how where did that come from? It was amazing, right? And so I would also encourage them a lot. No, um, I must say that there have been a few people who have just not answered. They've uh, not answered. I've written back like. More, more from the perspective of, <laughs> I know this sounds weird, but from the perspective of concern, because, you know, there are people who are sharing their story. Um, and I know it's takes a lot of uh, vulnerability and generosity in doing that. And so they're going through processes. And so when you don't hear back and, and it's not more like, oh, I'm still waiting for the story. It's more from the perspective of, you know, are you okay? Like, is there anything I can help you with? Like, um, I, I know it's, it's a hard process to, 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 to do when to write, when we write, it's a healing process and it brings up a lot of things. So, you know, if you're going through something and you need help, you know, I'm here if you need it. And I've written back like that, but, but there, there have been very few cases like that where they've just kind of disappeared and, and not answered or, or no one's come back saying, well, you know, I don't appreciate what you said, you know, like no one's. No one's come back in that way, but there have been a few that have just not answered. But most cases, people have sat down, looked at the questions, very much thought them through because then they've come back with a rewrite where it's like, wow, like all this new information that's, and then some of them have also said, you know, I knew that already. It's just, it helped me, it helped me write it. So it gave me a structure and a framework. And others have come back saying, wow, you've made me see my story in a different light. And so, you know, both, both are, are, are nice to, to hear, no? There was a conversation I had last year with JJ Peterson from StoryBrand. And at the very end of that conversation, he, he sh talked about something because he, he studied story. I think he's got a PhD or an MBA, uh, a master's at least in, in storytelling and what works and what doesn't work. And, and he said that one of the things he was taking to his life a lot outside of his work is something I think will speak to you. He was talking about how most stories have three major roles, or at least most hero stories have three major roles. You have the you have the hero, you have the the well four the the guide, the the villain, and the victim. And then what he said is that you know most people most people feel like they want to be the hero of their own story. Um, I think most people would admit that they don't want to be the victim, but some people find themselves in that position and sometimes struggle to get out of that position. They don't want to reread the story. They like is not the right word, but they sort of resign themselves to being the victim of their own stories. But what he said was, once you you be, you are able to get to the position of the guide, that's when you start doing meaningful things with your life. You you don't you don't care about being the hero anymore. You just care about helping other people become the heroes of their own stories, and that's that that's where. You, where you aspire to, we should all aspire to be as human beings. As long as we're making heroes out of everyone else, then we're doing we're doing great things here. Yeah. And um, that, that just came back to me as we were talking. Yeah, and I thought that's you were... beautiful. 
And actually, you know, it made me think two things. One is that um, I feel, you know, some people have trouble coming out of the victim mentality because of stories they have from their past. So just as you gave the example of your, you know, upbringing and the issues with money, um, you know, some people have, it's like, it's part of their personality, you know, it's like, that's who they are. So it's, it's hard for them to break free from that. No, in my kind of story of you're the hero, the way I like to frame it, and I'm saying the same thing you are, but I like to frame it in the sense that we all have an inner hero. It's just that we've been taught by society and by our culture and environment and everything around us that um, we've been taught to look for, for the heroes outside of us, right? So we're taught to look for answers outside of us. You know, women were taught to look for that, you know, man in shining armor. Um, you know, it's just we're taught that, that these, you know, even doctors, you know, I've come across, you know, amazing doctors who have, you know, they're trying to give me their best, in, you know, input at heart. But, but what they're telling me may not be the right thing for me. And so the question is then, you know, where, where, who is, who is that hero who's going to be able to discern what's right for you? And we all have that inner hero inside, no? And so even recently in my last uh, intervention, I had quite a lot of trouble for about two, three weeks with, um, with decision-making related to what, what I needed to do. And um, I, I like to look for different opinions because it, I think it's important for me to understand um, the whole picture. And so I came to a situation where I had three different, you know, teams telling me different things. And uh, well, one, one of them was kind of more of a neutral uh, observer. And I had two teams telling me very different things. And I felt very, I, I went through a, a moment, well, a couple days of extreme stress of, you know, I have to make a big, big life decision. Um, and I don't know how to make it. And it's like, I, I don't have the information. I'm not a doctor. I don't have the medical background. And you know what I did? I just, I meditated. I would go to bed and just ask myself and say like, you know, I know that inside, I know what the right thing for me is. And I just need to calm my mind. Don't think analytically anymore. I'm a very, I used to be a very analytical person. And just say, you know, what feels right to me? And I woke up the next day and knew exactly what I was going to do and, and just did it. And, you know, in the end, uh, the, the result, well, it's a long story, but the result, I mean, we ended up finding other things that have helped me later. And, and I know that that was the right decision. But it's like as soon as I, I went to myself and ask that question, even though I'm not a doctor and ha don't have that background. And I mean, I gathered a lot of information and then I just said, okay, what feels right? And then, and I had my answer. And it, and as soon as I had my answer and made the decision, I felt such calm and such, you know, just knowing that that was it. And so this is the point. No, it's, it's that we all have that inner hero inside and you know, external uh, people and resources, they can give us information, which is extremely useful. And, and I think we should, we should use it and use those professionals that can help us, you know, um, navigate, uh, you know, psychologists or bio decoding, or there's all sorts of complementary therapies that also can be very helpful in, in understanding ourselves. And, you know, absolutely, like, you know, be curious, look around, look for answers, but then always go back always go back to that quiet and to yourself because, because the hero is inside you and it's been there all along and we all have it. And so the sooner you realize that, and, and I always think this, especially in the context of my children, you know, because I, I wonder like, what would my life had been like, had I known all these things I know now as a child, right? And I know that I'm here where I am right now because of my whole life experience. And, and I say many times that, you know, I'm grateful for, you know, the worst thing that happened to me in my life has been the best thing that has ever happened to me. And that's a Joe Dispenza quote that I, that I love. But, but I also wonder, you know, had I known a lot of these things as a child, my life would have been very different. And I, I really try to share that with my children, 
And that's something that maybe after you are the hero, maybe in a future uh, <laughs> time, I will do something with that. Because with that, what I mean is with, with working with children, um, because I think it would just change so many people's uh, life experiences dramatically. Yes, I think the only <laughs> the only concern I have is I'm I'm afraid that the the human software might be slightly defective in that the 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 best lessons seem to have uh, seem to we seem to be unable to absorb them and apply them until we have made some of the mistakes ourselves. Uh, but uh, but I would also say that I think the way we 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 are taught any of these lessons, if we are at all, is not the most appropriate. I think if we if people could share stories the way you've now been doing in your community, the way you've been doing in your tech company with children, I think whatever lessons we're trying to impart will have a much better chance of sticking than if it's just us as parents telling them, do this, don't do that, because that we know doesn't work. No, 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 but exactly. You're absolutely right. And that's why what I'm talking about is not sharing stories. I'm talking about programming them in a different way. So you and I have been programmed in a way because of our society, our culture, you know, the way we've grown up. And so we've then spent the rest of our adulthood unprogramming that. And so these traumatic experiences have allowed us to stop, to unpeel the onion, as I say, and, and unprogram all those things and reprogram new things. And so the way I see it with my children is that I don't want them to be programmed that way. I don't want them to have to unprogram and program again. I want them to be programmed from the beginning, knowing that they have an inner hero, knowing you know that they, they, they can uh, go inside, knowing that they have a choice knowing that they should listen to their emotions, that they should stop and see how they feel about something and realize that, you know, that emotion is an indicator of a thought that is not aligned with your inner true essence, you know? And so those are the things that I want them to learn so that they don't fall into the, the mistakes or not mistakes, but into the uh, behaviors that I did and I know also, you know, we, we grow up with certain behaviors because it's a survival mode, right? We learn behaviors because, you know, as children, we, we go through things and then we take on a behavior that allows us to, to, to um, survive that situation. And then as an adult, we have that behavior. And that's something different. And I'm not a psychologist and I'm not meaning to get into that, no. But I think there are some basic ideas about just how things work in general that I can, that I try to share with my children so that they, they have that ingrained from the beginning of their little minds as they're building those ideas. No. And so that's what I'm, when I say that that's the part I'm very curious about. And I wonder, you know, if there's something to be done there that we could help with, not only in the unprogramming of like teenagers who go through a lot of really difficult situations, but just smaller children you know, helping them start out with a, a healthy base where they, you know, are, are caring for their, for their well-being, they have self-love, you know, and they're, and they're very much uh, in tune with themselves. Well, it sounds like you have your next project. <laughs> yes, probably, probably. And, and on that note, um, let's let's give people all the all the places they can go if they want to 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 see the stuff you're doing, to take part in it, because obviously, plenty of us have stories of adversity that they might feel compelled to share that might be helpful to other people. So the 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 website is youarethehero.com, and Correct. you is just a letter you, not exactly. Okay, and then I'm going to put all this stuff on the show notes, but we might as well say it because some people are too lazy to read the show notes. So where else can they find the, you or the community? Yeah, so on the, the website is, as you said, youarethehero.com. Um, it's in Spanish, English, and Portuguese. Um, they also can go to social media. So we're especially active in Instagram. And the handle is at you are the hero um, with spaces in between each of the words. But if you type in, you are the hero, you'll find it. Um, and in the community, we share basically quotes and, um, you know, specific uh, um, parts of stories that we've received. So what's on the, what's in social media is basically those snippets of, you know, quotes from the heroes that have written. 
And then about once a week, I do a, a, not an interview, but more of an informal chat with one of the heroes that has submitted a story. And what we focus on is uh, is more on the, it's a 30 minute short kind of uh, session, but we, we talk about the things that help them most. So really try to get practical and give, it, give more examples because the stories are 500 words. So in these examples, they can, um, you know, share, uh, you know, specifically how they used a specific technique and what helped them most. And we get, it allows us to deepen, you know, deepen the story further. And, um, and I do those in Spanish and in English, depending on the origin of the writer. Just, it's been such an amazing opportunity to also get to talk to these heroes because I've just been so inspired. And so, like I said at the beginning, you know, not only do I want that nobody, not one single person, you know, going through adversity has to suffer more than they need to. This project has been a massive inspiration for me. And, uh, and yeah, I'm just so privileged to have been able to, to do it and to continue to work in it and to, to talk about it. And I just, I, I hope it, it, it really helps a lot of people. Well, I thank you for, for your time today. And I think you should continue with your celebrations and enjoy the, the first days of the rest of your life. Thank you. <laughs> thanks a lot. All right, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. Take care of yourselves. And until next time. I hope you enjoyed the show. And if you did, I'd love for you to subscribe and leave us a review or a rating on the Apple Podcasts app. It's very easy. You open the app and find this show. Then scroll down a little, and when you see the stars, tap. I'd really appreciate it, and it does help other people find us. And if you'd like to get in touch or find out more about what I do, reach out to me on LinkedIn or visit my website, storypowers.com. <laughs>